My guest in this episode is Rich Miller. Rich is a client and a friend who has just published his latest book, Solution Driven Destiny. In our conversation, Rich shares the extremely difficult turning point that occurred in the construction company he owned and how that turning point led him to write the book. We also explore the process he used to write the book, which he said was easy, why he chose the title Solution Driven Destiny, and how his message will be an inspiration, as well as a practical guide for anyone who's going through a difficult time in their life and needs insight and hope on successfully making it to the other side of their situation. This is the Team of a Lifetime show. I'm your host, Sally Love. And I have helped hundreds of leaders in industrial manufacturing, construction, and on capital projects of up to $24 billion transform their failing or mediocre teams into exceptional teams. Teams that delivered results that people didn't even believe were possible. And that's what the Team of a Lifetime show is all about. Success stories, successful team approaches, and lessons learned to help you transform your team into the team of a lifetime. Hey, Rich, I'm looking forward to our conversation this morning about your brand new book that just published. And I'd love to know, has writing always been your thing or is that something that developed later? It's something that came later. I never thought that I would write a book. And actually, I wrote a, a book of hunting poems uh, a couple of years ago, just sitting in a deer stand and I started thinking of these poems and started out as just a few sentences that rhymed. And then and I was sitting in a deer stand, I was texting them to my wife and she was telling me how good they were and that I need to put them in a book. And so I did put those in a book. It's called Tales from the Blind. And I never thought I would even do that. And then once I did that, that kind of started the thought process of I could put into print some of the things that I've learned and the things that God has taught me and the things that God has brought me through and just somewhat of my testimony, some of what I think may help people to go through some of the things that they're going through. So I started out as just a real small idea way in the back of my mind because I never really thought that I could pull it off. And then as time went by, I just had more and more of a, a desire to do that. And I sought out a coach that helped me walk through the process of just organizing my thoughts and getting an outline together for my book. Because to me, it was just, I had all these things in my head and I really didn't know how to organize it. So once that was done, it was, it was really pretty easy after that. What was your process? I've heard some people say that to write a book, they get up every morning and they write something in their book, or they write one chapter at a time and they don't even think about the other chapters until they get that one done. I'm just curious what your process was. My process was more of looking at the, the outline that was put together and just seeing what it was that day that, that I felt like God was saying at the time, because really, my book is it's full of things that God revealed to me over the course of a few years to help me to get through some things that some to prepare me for some things and some to help me to get through some things that were going on in my life. And I would sit and I would look at that outline and I would just based on what I felt at the time, I would just start writing in a certain spot 
And sometimes I had three or four chapters going at one time. So I didn't just work on it from the first chapter to the last chapter. I didn't even do them in chronological order. It was, it was just whatever I had at the time. I just found that place in the outline and plugged it in. About how long did it take you from the time that you got that outline done to now publishing the book? A little over a year. I got the outline done. That was in July of 2019. And then, of course, we had a hurricane right after that. We had a Hurricane Imelda a couple of months after that. And I had flooding and just so it was a crazy fall. 2020 has been crazy as well. So it took quite a while, but I didn't really rush. I had planned that I would get it out sometime this year, and I didn't really didn't really stress over how long it was going to take. So, Were there times where you were just amazed at how easily the words came to you and the experiences that you wanted to talk about in the book? Yeah, I believe that God was just giving me those words to say. And lots of times that was evident because I would get done and I would go, wow, that's really pretty good. And so I would immediately, my wife was always the, my first editor. And as soon as I would get done with something, I'd give it to her and she would, she would go through it and look it over and give me points on what I should, words I should change or things that I might want to say differently or something like that. But every time she was telling me how good it was and usually didn't have any negative things to say about it. And I'm not a writer. I like to speak in front of people. And I like to do that from notes and usually some pretty thin notes. Write everything out. It's really difficult for me to get things out of my head onto a piece of paper. I can get them into my mouth, but it's hard to get them on a piece of paper. And so it was amazing how easy that I could write some of those things down. I think that it was just that God had anointed me to do that at the time. And, uh, was uh, equipping me and enabling me to do it. That's amazing, Rich. The title of your book is Solution Driven Destiny. And so I'm guessing that there were some things, like you mentioned earlier, that you experienced in your life that this book talks about, helped you get through, helped prepare you for. Could you go back in time and talk about how those things happened and what What led you then to this particular message in Solution Driven Destiny? Sure. Back in, I guess it probably goes all the way back into maybe 2009, 2010. God was really leading me through some things in the Bible about Joseph and Daniel and and their roles, how Daniel had a real governmental role in support of, of a king and Joseph also had a, not just a governmental role, but really a business role. He came up with a strategy to save the world from famine. And so God was walking me through some of these things and really revealing some truths that applied to my life and some things that I could really put into practice in my life. And so really a teaching time for a few years that, that God really unfolded some things. And a lot of them are in this book. And then in 2012, I, I had a a construction business, and in 2012, we hit a difficult time where we had a customer that was withholding some payments that were rather large, and over the course of several months, it crippled our business and basically brought us to the point where we were going to have to shut the business down. 
And not only did it hurt me uh, with the business, but it also hurt me personally. Financially, we had we had put in everything that we had and got to the point where we just didn't have anything left but to just stop and move on. And at that point, I so much of who I was wrapped up in in that business. And even though I fully believe that it was God that was anointing me to do that, and I, I believe that I was right where God wanted me to be, and I still believe that, but for that to go away was really difficult for me to accept. And I, I believe that, that God is a good God. I believe that he doesn't bring evil upon us. I know that he can use bad things that happen in our lives to turn them around and use them for good. Romans eight twenty eight. I hadn't walked through that. It hadn't really been tested in my life. And this was a real test. It brought me to the point where I didn't know how I could move forward from there. It just seemed like everything up to that point was coming to an end. And I didn't know what tomorrow looked like. I didn't know what we would have. Didn't know if we would have a place to live. I mean, I just, you know, so much of who I was, what I was doing was just coming to a complete end. And I had a lot of questions. I didn't know how we would ever recover personally. You know, at that time, or in a real difficult moment, my wife, Charla, said, God has brought us through other things. This isn't the first time that we've had any kind of trouble in our life. God has brought us through other things. He's going to get us through this. And it was just enough that really snapped me out of it for a second and, and got me, got my mind going in a different direction. And God started to bring up all these things that, that he had been showing me over the last few years, such as Joseph. Joseph wanted to turn around and go back the whole time when he was in the pit and he was in Potiphar's house and he was in prison. And he, if they would have let him out, he would have went right back home because it was uncomfortable and he would have never went on to do what God had created him to do. And so I started realizing that God had been preparing me for this moment to step into something different and to go somewhere that I didn't want to go but he had prepared me for it. And so I was going to step into something that I was going to have to trust him and, and expect him to supply all my needs. Like I should have known that he was going to do, but at the moment, it just didn't seem like it. Probably at the moment, it felt like your whole world was falling apart. And when we feel like that, it, it's really hard to see how things could be better in the future, right? That's right. Yeah. I, I tell people that, you know, I never felt like I wanted to commit suicide or anything like that. But I do realize how somebody gets to that point in their life. I do realize how someone can get to a point where they don't see that things could get any better than they are right now. And uh, I, it, it gave me a whole new view of life. I've always been a person who felt pretty strong that even though I felt like God was equipping me to do things, I was confident in myself to be able to to do things. I, I never felt like I would get myself into a position that I couldn't get myself out of. And that's where I was. I was in a situation that I could not get myself out of. And I had to rely completely on him to get me through what I was about to go through. Rich, once you realized that you were at that turning point, what are some of the practical steps that you then had to take to get beyond that turning point? We had to wrap up that business. And you don't just unwind that. There's, you know, there's a lot of things uh, going on at the time. We had employees that we had to, we obviously had to pay them. Um, we had suppliers, we had 
banknotes. We had equipment that we would have to get rid of. I reached out to a friend of mine that, that has a, a business and was able to roll a lot of those employees over to him. They actually came in, took over some of my contracts, and they were able to put everybody back to work right away. So that took care of the, the employee part. And they took up the lease on the building. I sold all of my equipment. So I was able to walk through some steps really quickly to be able to move everybody into a position where they would con continue to have a paycheck, which was the most important thing to me was making sure that those people were taken care of. While you were taking those steps, and that is great that you had people that could come alongside you and take over the building and buy some of the equipment and that sort of thing. During that time, could you see a little glimmer of light or were you still in that place like, oh, I, God, I don't, I just don't see where this is going to go or how this is going to turn out well? Yeah, I was still in a place where I just didn't see what the other side of this can be. It still just looked like the end. I was thankful for what was going on. I was glad that all of those people were able to move on and get a job. And, I, you know, I was thankful for those things, but I still just didn't see how this was ever going to work out to where it was going to get any better. I still just couldn't see the other side of it. And that's what we get ourselves into is we get ourselves into a situation where we just can't see the other side of it. Moses couldn't see the other side of the Red Sea. He just, it, they, the Israelites thought that was the end. They were up, up against a wall. And that's what happens in our lives is we get up against a wall and, and can't see what the other side of that thing looks like. But that's where I was. So about how long did it take you to shut down the business? And then what did you do after that? We made that transition moving to that other company pretty quickly. Actually, they were extremely helpful. They came in and we walked through the whole process and we transitioned. Uh, everybody was on their payroll the next week and we really had made a full transition within about two weeks. So it was really quick. But, you know, as far as my business, it took a long time to wrap up little pieces and that went on for seven years. Oh, so, my goodness. Yeah. Well, so that just came to a close in, in February of 2020. It's amazing how long those things drag on. And through, through that whole process, initially, I felt like that was what would help me to see the other side of this thing was at the end of that. And unfortunately, that didn't happen quick enough. <laughs> so I had to learn that I can get past that and see the other side of things without physical things happening. I had to just really trust God that he had another plan than what I had in my mind. And it turns out that he did. <laughs> That's part of what I'm trying to share with people is that we want answers. I want somebody to solve my problems. I want God to step in and do a miracle in my life. But sometimes we're in that situation because we're there to be an answer. We're there to be a solution. We're there to, you know, provide answers in the midst of, of troubled times. We're there to, to walk through something and for somebody to say, wow, you know, I just, I don't know how you went through that. I want to know how you went through that. And so that's, one of the main reasons for putting this in print is, is I felt like, you know, walking through this whole situation, God had prepared me to be an answer, to be a solution in so many times and so many situations. And for a long time, what I wanted was some answers, but really I was prepared. God had prepared me to walk into those situations and, and be light and hope to other people. 
Rich, I've often heard writers say that the hardest part of writing the book was determining what the title of the book was going to be. So I'd love to know, why did you choose Solution Driven Destiny as the title of your book? I think a lot of times we think of our destiny as being something that's that's planned out for us and that something outside of us makes things happen in order for us to get to our destiny. We think of it as that's that's just my destiny and this is the the path that I'm going down and things just happen because that's what our destiny is and and uh as, as if know, we don't have any influence over it whatsoever. That's right? right. That's right. It's just fate. It just happened because it's fate. And that's just not, that's not true. We should be looking at things from when we're standing in our circumstances. What am I to provide? What am I to pr- bring to the table as I'm standing in this situation that I'm in? Because our circumstances shouldn't be di- dictating what our destiny is or, or where we're going. We should be. We have a specific call and God has defined who we are. And so we need to be looking at our lives as something that that we contribute to and not that it's something that we're just a product of. So what is your favorite chapter in the book? Oh, my favorite chapter. I have to say my, my chapter on surrendering to the season is is probably one of my favorites. And and the reason for that is because for me growing up on a farm and all the different things that go on in the different seasons that where, really helped me. Where did you grow up on a farm, Rich? I grew up in Iowa. Yeah. Muscatine, Iowa, right along the Mississippi River. We had a really small farm and then I worked for several farmers that were around us throughout different times and worked as a hired hand on a farm for a few years. I got to learn a lot as a kid about things that happen in the different seasons. And that's really helped me to realize that in life there's different seasons. And sometimes our sometimes our seasons are a winter season where it just seems like death and things are dead and nothing's moving. And but there's things that we have to do during that time to be effective in the next season that comes in our lives. And I, and I think that so many people go through winter seasons in their life where things just seem like they're dying and and going away and doesn't seem productive. And it seems like a season of loss in their lives, but there's things that they have to do in that season in order to be prepared for the next season. And that's one of my favorite chapters because I think that people go round and around the same mountain several times because they're just not prepared to, you can't come out of winter not ready to plant in the spring or you will never get the harvest. And people don't receive what they think that they're going to get to receive in life because they're not preparing in the right seasons. By the way, I grew up on a small farm too, not in Iowa, but in South Carolina. And uh, my dad would have me doing things during those seasons that as a kid, as a teenager, I really didn't want to do. Um, but he understood getting prepared for the next season. So in life, let's say in business, what is something that you do in one season that is preparing you for another season? Yeah, as an example, when there's a lot of times there's downturns in the economy and what we would like to do is just clam up and shut everything off and shut off all expenses and just try to hunker down and wait for it to go away. We just, one thing, we'll do something when, everything gets better. And the reality is if we're not 
preparing during those times for the next thing that may come along in business, then we're going to miss it. We have to be preparing with, like when there's a slowdown, well, that's a good time to do some training. It's a good time to maybe, if all of our equipment isn't on job sites, it's a good time to really take a look at that equipment and make any repairs if we need to. It's a good time to evaluate our workforce and see who may need to be moved into to different roles or who may need some specific training to get ready for any, any kind of advancement. Because in the, as an example, in the winter times in, in business, we have to be we have to be ready to transition out of that time and come into a time that there's going to be a time of growth. If we don't do that properly, then when the, the business comes back around and the economy begins to grow and the business grows, then a lot of that new growth is falling upon shoulders that weren't prepared to shoulder the load and in a, in a crash. My heart in sharing the book is to get the message out there that there's hope. And whatever the situation is that you're going through, when we look at, at biblical characters, those people stepped through adverse conditions. God equipped them to do that. It says that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. He would, because, of, because he could see the other side of the situation that he was in, he was able to endure one of the most horrific things in human history. But the last chapter, I talk about adapting to the call. And so being able to step into what it is that God has for us, being able to adjust to our season that we're in, being able to embrace the process that we're going through, and not just be resistant and hoping that God will somehow just zap us out of our circumstances. Because so many times, that's not what happens. We have to go through the process for whatever reason, and we may not ever know the side of heaven why we had to go through some of the things that we've had to go through in life. But sometimes it's because we just have to go through the process to, to get to the other side. And I think that's really important to mention. And that's, I, I think, a, a good reason to read the book is to learn. Okay, so I have one last question for you, Rich, and that is, do you have any other books planned now that you have gotten this one published? I'll tell you, we already have one in the works. Really? Um, my, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife wants us to do one together, and it will be a devotional on worship. And she's already been doing some of the legwork and getting a lot of the details together and so we've already been working on that a little bit. I, I haven't devoted near the time to it yet that she has, just because working to, to get this book out. But that's something that we're starting on now. So yes, there, there'll be another book. I'm hearing lots of books in your future. <laughs> Maybe yeah, we've opened the gate and, and, uh, and they're just going to continue to flow maybe. Rich, I want to thank you so much for being here on the podcast today and sharing just a little bit of insight about your book, Solution Driven Destiny. And I know that it is going to be an inspiration. It's going to be an encouragement and a blessing to people who read it. So thank you. Thank you, Sally. Thank you for uh, inviting me. Hey, thank you for being here today on this important conversation. If this was valuable to you, will you share it? And let me know what questions you have about developing exceptional teams. And you might just hear your answer right here in the future. 
Join me next week for another episode of the Team of a Lifetime Show.